0: Welcome to the Pre-Post Film Review. I'm Matt Stevenson.
1: And I'm John Asquith. And you're listening to a little bonus episode of the Pre-Post Film Review today. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, We do these episodes, uh, well, once a year, twice a year, depending on the festival, Mm -hmm. um, where we talk about our our local uh, film festival that we've been to. And and today we're going to be talking about the 2016 London Film Festival, Matt, that we you uh, got to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you're going to fill us in on some of the, the highlights uh, and and the low lights, the low if lights. there are any. Yeah, sure. <laughs> The down, the lights, the bad lights. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess, you know, if, if some of these are eventually going to come out, um, that's mm. always, you know, the big sort of question that we ask, especially if we really like something that our listeners can hopefully you know, check out one day um, yeah. whether that you might not know that anyway, but
0: whatever. <laughs> try and make some recommendations for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally.
1: Yeah. So what's, uh, what's off the top of your list here, Matt, are you going in any particular order or, um, <laughs> I no, no,
0: no, I, well, <laughs> I guess I can sort of go through in terms of the, I'll talk about the stuff that I like the most first and then perhaps mention a few of the, the less. Yeah. Films. I think that's a good good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think this festival is a little bit different for me this year, just in the sense that I didn't see as many films as I normally would. It sort of fell in a weird time for me when I wasn't around in London um, as often as I would have liked to be. So I only saw about seven or eight films, um, or nine maybe, uh, which compared to previous years is quite slim. So a lot of the films that I really wanted to see or a lot of films that I was really excited about, I didn't get to, um, hmm. which was a bit disappointing. So there, I'm sure there were other films at the festival that were perhaps better or I would have liked to have been able to talk about that we can't. But I did see some good ones, so they weren't, they weren't all disappointing. Um, well, that's good. I should also point out that I saw both Arrival and La La Land, which I won't talk about, just because we're going to do full episodes on those and we'll dive into them. Yes, um, and yep. separate podcasts. Um, but I did manage to catch those two at the festival. Uh, but in terms of stuff we cool. won't talk about in an individual episode, I don't think. Probably my favourite thing that I saw was uh, the Wailing, which is a Korean horrorish. Kind of film, like it's not sort of hard mm. horror, but it's got a sort of supernatural tinge to it, a kind of a police procedural with a supernatural tinge. Um, and it sort of just follows in the tradition of recent Korean genre filmmaking where you're never quite sure where it's gonna go, but like they, they just have mm. a, a great ability to subvert genres in interesting ways while sort of weirdly staying true to them, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yep. And yeah, this is kind of another great example of that. It's, it's uh, quite a long film, like I think it's about two and a half hours, so it's pretty pretty epic. But um, yeah, it, I was really impressed by it. And just just when I thought I it, it all sort of played out and I was getting a little underwhelmed with where it was headed, it sort of pulls the rug out and... Goes in a different mm. direction. Um, Interesting, which was really cool. Yeah, uh,
1: you said it was horror-ish. Yes. Um, so, is it is it more of a drama, like with tinges of horror? Would you recommend this for people that are into horror, or I definitely recommend it for people that are into horror. Uh, I'd also, okay. I mean, it's not so much a drama,
0: more of a thriller. So it's kind of like there's a small right. town in uh, somewhere in Korea that is uh, people start killing each other and themselves, like, in very violent sort of ways. And um, mm. so it starts off as kind of like a, a cop that is trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And slowly over the film, you sort of start to realise that there might be a supernatural element to what's happening in the town, not just a cra- bunch of crazy psychos. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's not, it's not like uh, super full on in terms of its horrific imagery, but there's, yeah tones of that sort of stuff through it cool but yeah it's uh, it's really worth checking out Yeah, and like, I, I, th- it, I know it's getting a theatrical release in London um, in the coming months I'm not sure about Australia but I think it was quite a big success over in Korea so it's sort of like one of the bigger export films actually I think it might even be mm. backed by like Warner Brothers or someone over here oh, um, yeah. or Universal one of the big studios so it's likely that it'll be quite easy to find I think
1: Hmm. Okay, cool. Well that, that that sounds good and and that in some way people will be able to see it probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, at some stage, which is really cool. Um, um actually just looking yeah. out, which I,
0: I wasn't even aware of when I watched it, but it's the same uh director that did um The Chaser, which I don't know if you have you seen that Korean film called no. The Chaser? That is mm-hmm. another great Korean uh sort of that is much more of like a thriller procedural about this woman that's kidnapped and then the cop that's trying to find the kidnapper um and rescue mm. this girl. It and it's it's really great. Like again okay, for what cool. it is, like it's it works really within the bounds of that kind of genre, but mm. twists it in interesting ways. It's just a super solid thriller. So there are two recommendations for the price of one.
1: Yeah, well, I was literally about to say exactly that, so (laughs) well done. Um, Cool, man. What's uh, next on the uh, list?
0: Uh, Yeah, so probably my next favourite thing, and another one that's going to be super easy for people to see, was uh, Nocturnal Animals, which is the second film by Tom Ford, who did A Single Man. Yes. Um, Which I think, I mean, it's getting a pretty wide release here in London at the moment. I imagine it's... The same back in Australia, given the cast like Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Adams and I believe so, yep. um, but yeah. But I really loved uh, a single man, and this uh, to begin with, I, I sort of struggled with a little bit because it's very pulpy and sort of not what I expected. Um, given the, I mean, single man was a bit was sort of cold, but it was also had it was sort of like a sadness to it that was really moving. Whereas this is got a cold clinicalness to it, but this weird sort of pulpy thriller that's also happening, one of the plot mm. threads, um, which I sort of didn't expect. But the more the film went on, the more I sort of got in sync with its weird rhythms and there's kind of this weird tri-structure of narratives where there's three stories going at once, that one, the past, one's the present, and one's this kind of fictional book that... Um, Hmm. the main character's reading and the way uh, Tom Ford kind of visually links the three narratives I mean, some could probably argue that it's a little on the nose at times but I liked it, like I liked the the visual Hmm. mirroring that he does Um, and by the end I, I was sort of fascinated by what it was potentially trying to say and I I liked it a lot.
1: Have you seen A Single Man, actually? I'm just no, I haven't. I feel like I don't have much to add to this Yes, yeah, conversation. Tough. Um, well, the, <laughs> there's
0: another re- recommendation, so another twofer for you. Go watch A Single Man. Oh, man, man. And keep then, them coming. And then go see Nocturnal Animals. I would actually, I mean, we, I just said we shouldn't, we probably won't talk about these on the show in a full episode, but I would like to do a bonus episode on Nocturnal Animals if you get the chance to see it because I think it is yeah. a little bit polarizing as well. Like I, a lot of people I spoke to coming out of the festival really, really disliked it. Um, mm. and I could have seen myself swinging in that direction, uh, under certain circumstances. Like I, I was unsure at the beginning, okay. which way I was going to go. And I, I ended up landing on really liking it and it kind of stuck with me afterwards. Like even by the end, mm. I wasn't hundred percent sure how much I liked it, but it's kind of one of those ones that, I've just thought about over and over since seeing yeah. it. Um, so I think it could spur an interesting conversation if we uh, did a little bonus ep or something on that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Uh, so but probably the film following that that I liked uh, the most, which I didn't completely love but I thought was really strong, is um, hmm. A Monster Calls. Which again is an easy one for people to see. I ended up seeing a lot of bigger, easy to find films this year, um, mm. but that's the one by the director I can't pronounce his name that did The Impossible uh, and Orphanage. Oh uh, yes. And who is doing the new Jurassic World sequel? I believe is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Juan Antonio Bayona or something, I think is he Pronounce. I supposed to embarrassed myself. So I was, actually, I was quite excited for this before the film festival. I don't know if you're very familiar with this film, John. Have you seen any trailers or anything? No, I haven't. Uh, I think the trailer, at least the first trailer, I'm not sure about the second, but the first trailer is very strong. Um, mm. And I feel like it's the kind of kids' film that we like in that it's... It's dark and it deals with emotional issues that most, a lot of kids' films would be too scared to tackle. Um, Mm. and, and when I say kids' film, that's, that's probably the wrong term because it's kind of aimed at that weird age between childhood and like teenage years, which is again Mm. a time that's sort of rarely dealt with in cinema. Um... Mm. I mean, it's not perfect, there's a lot of, it's a bit cgi and it kind of okay. uh, left me a bit cold at the beginning. Um, it's kind of, I don't know how much you know about the story, but it's kind of about this boy who befriends a, a tree monster that um, lives on this hill behind his house. I think it's based on a, yes. a famous book, actually. Um, yep. And the way it sort of panned out at the beginning, I... It, it wasn't really working for me, but the longer it went on and I, again, sort of fell into the rhythms of it. And, uh, it's kind of like the tree, uh, I don't want to say too much, but the tree is sort of has these prophetic stories for the boy. Um, Mm. who's going through a traumatic experience with his mum, who's very ill. Um, and the way the, the stories, when the tree tells the stories to the boy, they're, um, visualized on screen in these like really amazingly, uh, hand animated sequences so that it's like mm. a, almost a third of the film is probably animated um yeah cool. and they're really really cool and once they start to like loop in and be relevant to the story it's i uh, yeah i really felt it was successful in that sense and it just deals it deals with things in such a mature way like if there's no black and white lesson out of the film it's just like mm. You need to grow up and realize the world is grey, <laughs> kind of thing, which is like a yeah. a really uh, unique message, I think, for a film like this. But like yeah. very accurate and realistic for growing up, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it's great. It's worth checking out. Like again, it's it's not like a a masterpiece, and I did have problems with it, but it's it was good. I liked it a lot.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's um very high on my list to see actually. Um, cool. I had sort of forgotten um, about it, to be honest. Um, but hearing you talk about that, i reminded, I haven't seen any of the trailers, but I was reading about it a while ago and was very keen to check it out. Yeah, yeah. So. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's on the top of the list, for sure.
0: Um, it is, though, to just like fair warning, it is a bit of a tough watch. You know, it's not, uh, if anything, it could probably do with a bit of levity. Like, it's very right, okay, somber, um, yeah, which I mean part of me likes, but then it is a bit you do feel a bit pummeled by the end um, so I would bear that in mind
1: going in uh what's what, what do you got next on that little list,
0: well, list? <laughs> well, I mean they're they're probably the top three okay cool um or you know the the best ones uh, that I'll talk about here. Uh, mm. th- I did also see A Voyage of Time which is the Terrence Malick doco which was made oh, for IMAX yes. um, so yes. this was the longer cut with the Cate Blanchett narration which is I think it adds an extra 30 minutes or something um, Okay. which is a bit of a mixed bag like it's gorgeous like what are some of the most incredibly mm. stunning visuals I've ever seen on mm. a cinema screen like just Mind blowing, but it's like it's like Terence Malick falling into a Terence Malick hole of Terence Malickness. <laughs> you know, like it's just yeah, ponderous, right. poetic stuff that Kate Blanchett yeah. is like saying over images of planets and nature. And I, I mean, it kind of mm. vaguely traces the, well, not vaguely, it it sort of draws a line from the creation of the, you know, universe to. Us, you know, like how everything came about, but it's not—it's mm-hmm. not like a documentary in the sense that you get given any sort of information or verbal explanations yes. for things. It's just images yeah. and yeah, nebulous, not narration that is a bit wanky. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's all—it's almost wa- worth watching just for the visuals. Like, it, it is art, yeah, stunning.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I really want to see this for for that reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would almost recommend seeing the shorter cut on an IMAX screen because it's just, well, I don't know. I mean, it's all it, you might miss some. I don't know what they've cut out, so I don't know what you would miss. But mm. the, there's shots in this film that there was times when I didn't know what was CGI and what was real. And
1: yeah, I was going to ask you about that, like. Is it mostly like real yeah. stuff or? Uh, don't know. <laughs> like I, I, yeah. I assume a lot
0: of the, the spacey, weirdness is CGI, just because yeah, yeah. The, the way it's shot. That it, makes sense. It just couldn't yeah. be real. Though I imagine yeah. they probably use some real stuff in there. Uh, there's some very obviously CGI, not necessarily in a bad way, but w- when it traces history into like dinosaurs and stuff. Obviously, right, yeah. there's CGI is yeah. there, but with real landscapes and things, and then inserted CGI animals. Yeah. Um, but then you get into sort of the more current stuff, and in particular, like, the aquatic thing, so, so, we're seeing like the sea life, mm. um, which I think is mainly real, but hmm. oh man, like some of it is. I don't know how they shot it. Like, there's there's things that wow. If they exist, like blew my mind, <laughs> you know, like the <laughs> creatures like that are swimming around in the ocean. It's crazy.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm, yeah. um, I'm, um, I've, I mean, I've, you know, keep saying this, but I'm very keen to, to see this. I think it's sort of in the wheelhouse of stuff. I mean, obviously you got to be in the mood for Definitely. it, but, um, yeah. yeah, like just, I love that kind of stuff when you, when you're, um, Yeah in the right mind space, thinking yeah. about the origins of life and space and all that sort of thing. It just, uh, yeah, very cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, uh, in the cinema that I was in, there was multiple people asleep throughout it. So like, yeah, the, okay, you yeah. know, it's,
1: it, it will, you
0: definitely need to be in the right mindset. Um, because yeah. it's super slow and meditative. Like it's not, yeah, not engaging in any way other than impressive visuals. And if you want to intellectually kind mm. of grapple with what the narration is, saying, Mm. but if you Mm. you could just as easily sort of let it wash over you like a fucking beautiful screensaver on your laptop, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough one, but worth Mm. a watch, I think.
1: Any other honorable mentions?
0: There were a couple of, uh, there were a couple of disappointments. So there was, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe, which is the new horror film from the director who I probably won't be able to pronounce his name. Um, the But he's the director that did uh, Troll Hunter, or Troll Hunters, if you've never oh, seen okay. that. Um, Troll Hunter. He's like Icelandic or something, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I, probably not, and I'm probably just embarrassing myself. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this is his new film, and it had some pretty good buzz going in, and it is basically sort of just about these two coroners, um, who get this body, this Jane Doe, and they're doing like an mm. autopsy on her and, uh, the more they kind of literally peel back, <laughs> and, like the, the creepier and weirder things get and it starts becoming like demonic and, um, mm. yeah, like the, the first thing they do is like cut her open and she bleeds like she's alive, even though she's been dead for like you know, weeks or whatever, when they found it, and it just gets weirder. And wow. In there. Um, yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, but, but. unfortunately it's not. It just, <laughs> it really quickly sort of sinks into very cliched horror territory with mm-hmm. sort of like spooky demons in the corridors of the, the morgue and uh, the yeah. other, other dead bodies sort of like waking up out of the little, you know, trolley things that you put in the little freezer... Yeah. Holes that the the bodies go in, and yeah, it was just very disappointingly conventional and didn't sort of do anything okay. new and unique. So it wasn't it wasn't offensive or anything like that, but it was just very underwhelming. Um, mm. uh, which and which was surprising because he the director was there and did a Q and A afterwards, and he seems like a really nice, humble guy, um, and the mm. way he spoke about it and the things he spoke about wanting to do. Uh, were not visible on screen, which is yeah. disappointing. Like, okay, it just sort of failed in the execution, I think, and lots of like cheap jump scares and things like that that are just, I don't know, not great. No, not very great. Mm. Um, and the other, I had actually just a disappointing run of horror films in general, which is a shame because I, like I th- feel like we talk about this at most festivals is often one horror film it seems like that we kind of stumble into and it yeah, just totally is way better than we could have expected like the witch for last year and i think yeah. it follows the year before um mm. so i was hoping to find something this year but all the ones i saw were pretty uh apart from the wailing but that i feel like that's a bit different and that's a bit bigger and more successful yeah. um but i did see a film called creepy which is a japanese uh, sort of horror y thriller thing uh I again there'd been good buzz. I've I'm not really familiar with uh the director's work, but I think he has a reputation of making some really good films. Um okay. that people really respect. Uh so I, I kind of had high hopes going in, but yeah, I don't know. It was just it's very long and it's kind of just about this this cop that moves in next door to this weirdo who is a weirdo. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, at the beginning, it's, it's quite subtle and effective. I think like you are kind of unsure whether he is, there's something off with him or if he's just a little bit mentally unwell and you should almost be sympathetic for him. And um, yeah, there's a really interesting sort of gray area there. But the further it goes along, the more it sort of just falls heavily into one camp. And the final act just goes so far into the absurd. Like it was. It lost all believability, which is so counter to what the first two acts and for a long movie, like you're sitting there for a long time with these people and the first two acts are so slow and measured and realistic and about mm. these relationships and slowly kind of trying to unravel what's happening. And then the third act sort of just descends into absurdity and not in like a fun mm. way, just in like a dumb way where all of a sudden it's just yeah. like, this is stupid now. Like I don't believe anything that's happening. Um, yep. Yep. So yeah, I was, uh, I was disappointed by that.
1: Well, that's a shame. It was a shame for that one. Yeah. But um, yeah. There's there's some good recommendations in there and stuff that sounds like people should definitely check out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which is really good and stuff that you know that most likely people will be able to see in some form or another. Um, I think so. so. That's really good and a few freebie recommendations. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think if I have a regret of this festival, it is not seeing more obscure things. Cause that's sort of one of the joys of these festivals. Um, and mm. I kind of just, uh, out of timing reasons happen to fall into seeing mostly bigger releases, but you know, like you said, there was good stuff there and hopefully that means listeners can actually watch some of this stuff.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for uh, sharing those little, uh, Reviews with us, Matt. Anytime. My um, pleasure. It's really appreciated by me and everyone listening. Um, We'll hear from you next episode, whatever that might be. And uh, we'll have another bonus episode for the London Film Festival next year, hopefully. Hope so. That would be cool. Yep. See See you later. Bye. (laughs)
0: I think it, I mean, I know you so um, said, like, um, way, so. I
1: know you said horror. Okay. Uh, what? S- sorry, what? Yeah.